Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. And hello, hello everyone out there in the big, big, wide world. Um, this is Helena Steiner-Hornstein with our wondrous world yet one more time. And, uh, you know, the weeks go by and... Uh, I hear from you from time to time, and it's very, very exciting to know you are out there listening to us all here in Florida. Well, my guests today, I have two wonderful guests. They are not from Florida. I think they both sit in California. And I have uh, uh, from me from before, Cheryl Rausch. She's been here, uh, I think, a couple of months or so ago, and she attracted a lot of listeners looking at the downloads. And uh, Cheryl Rausch has written books. She's a speaker and she is uh, a motivator, and uh, she has written several books called the Heart Series. And one of the books we are going to go into a little bit more today is the Heart of the Holidays. I have contributed, uh-huh. <laughs> and of course, Sherrod, you are there, and we have brought you have brought one of your other contributors. Would you like to introduce her? Yes, thank you. It's a privilege to introduce you to Darlene Fall Britton. She's an author, also an inspirational speaker, like all three of us are, plus she's an amazing poet and a certified tea specialist. This woman has written 101 healing prayers to enjoy with a cup of tea. And here we thought that tea was just for sipping, oh no. She's traveled to China, she's walked through the tea fields, she has picked tea with her female pickers, and then she's dried them, processed the plants, and sipped it, and just beautiful. Some of the finest tea shops in Shanghai as well as Beijing. And it's beautiful of what Darlene does and why she's coming to the program today because tea is a vehicle that Darlene <laughs> uses to help encourage audiences to slow down and to shut the world out for a few precious moments, especially here at the holidays, to be mindful and sip a cup of tea. And even yes, though it's, good. Been, it's been a long, steep tradition, so Darlene Fall Britton is on the line with us today. I am here, ladies. Thank you. Nice well, to hello so much. You know, Darlene, uh, I'm a tea drinker, and oh, most good. people out there are coffee drinkers. Is there a separation between the two? Are we different in one way or the other? Well, uh, I, I try not to get into that little battle that goes on, but of course, you know, when we're drinking coffee, we're usually trying to pump ourselves up, and when we're drinking tea, we usually want the opposite. Usually when we sit down with a cup of tea, it's to unwind, so it really is the perfect vehicle for unwinding, and you know, there is time when you need to pump yourself up, and you know, so I I, I try not to uh, to make the coffee drinkers feel that they're missing anything, although I know they are, but that, you know, they'll get around yeah. to it eventually. And Cheryl, are you a coffee or tea drinker? You know, I like both. I appreciate a good cup of mocha where we combine the cocoa with the hot chocolate, but I can tell you Darlene makes the best chai tea I've ever had. And right now I am sipping on throat coat tea as I'm battling. Ah, you too. Me too. <laughs> And oh, I've got my big cup here too. And innocent oh, the same tea? Uh huh. Oh, that's funny. You know, I was talking somewhere in Sweden and was cold and was drafty, and uh, I had uh, those teacups next to me on on the on the table, and uh, then I was getting a little hoarse, and I told people, you know, I have to take my my special tea for the throat. And everyone pulled out their pencils to make a note. What was this called? You know, and I said, throat tea. <laughs> and everyone thought that was so funny because they wanted to have some exotic name from, <laughs> of this tea. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was very funny at the time when I said, to clear my throat, and they asked, what is it? And I said, throat tea. <laughs> So, but it helps. Do teas help that way? You know, people say you should drink this particular one particular tea for colds or for for whatever. Do they help? Well, I think in in your throat tea there that that is probably a combination of several different herbs, and that is what makes. 
tea different. If it isn't white, green, oolong, or black, then it really isn't a tea. If it doesn't come from the Camellia sinensis, then it is not an, a, an official tea. Everything else are just blends of different herbs, and uh, an herbologist can certainly give you things for different organs in your body. And when people ask me you know, about specific challenges or health concerns that they have, I said, well, think of tea as whole body health because there's enough energy going to the area of your body that's under distress at this time. So, you know, think about the rest of your body. Think about, you know, giving the antioxidants and providing the nutrients for the rest of your body that's a little bit out of balance, compensating for an area that's under stress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cheryl, why did you write the book? Why did you write the Heart Series books? Why did you write the Heart of the Holidays Oh, thank you. It started off with, because being an inspirational speaker, mostly for women's groups, I was looking for quotations that were by, for, and about specifically women. And that became the first book which launched the series. So that's called Sparkle Toots, and it's all quotations by, for, and about women specifically, although men love it. And while I was working on Sparkle Toots, then there was a divine spark for Heart of a Woman which then led to Heart of a Mother. As I'm writing Heart of a Woman, it, it inspired Heart of a Mother. And these books are featured in bookstores, and one of the bookstore buyers asked me if I would write something specifically for the holidays. And I thought, wow, I love the holidays. I'd be happy to. So the Heart of the Holidays book are inspirations, yuletide treasures and traditions, stories from around the globe, plus poetry from different religions, quotations and scripture and proverbs from different religions around the globe, too. And I'm thrilled you are both published within her pages. So it's a wonderful celebration of the holiday spirit. Well, thank you. Which story in the whole book uh, has touched you the most? Oh, there are so many. There are so many. There are some that tickle my funny bone. There are some that draw a tear to my eye. There's a couple I wrote in here that make me cry, yet with with fond recollection. So there's one called, one of my funny favorites is called Family Circus Christmas. Do you know the cartoon character? There's Family Circus, and it's about this adorable family and the lessons that they learn coming through life. So that's the title of this one. And it's it's so funny that all this woman wanted was the perfect Christmas celebration. You know, Betty Crocker, you know, Donna Reed, Leave it to Beaver, having the perfect, perfect Norman Rockwell Christmas dinner served. And she had several children at that time. And her oldest, that was five years old, you know, mommy's frustrated. She's throwing a full-blown tantrum in front of the the christmas tree kicking on her feet pounding and this is the mother and and she's asking why why you know why and her little boy comes up five years old and says z mommy z comes after why don't be sad we can work on your alphabet together and it's just so adorable and that is so funny (laughs) the lessons that she learned and this is by terry hall and it's just beautiful, and she said, wow, well, what's it, what, what's it all about and the lessons that they learned, that a, a family is a safe place to put their blankie, and to them, with all their playmates, because she had five or six children at that time, that yeah. here everybody had living playmates, you know, yeah. and she said, I, I put away the trio of the shoulda, coulda, and woulda, and their cousins only, and if I had... And then yeah. just really chose to celebrate. And she says, you know, I'm okay. I kept striving for the Norman Rockwell Christmas and kept getting the family circus instead. And she yeah. said, but, you know, family circus isn't so bad after all. <laughs> that <laughs> is, I remember that cartoon. And I think this is what we uh, ladies of the house particularly are worried about, that everything should be so picture perfect for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we're talking Christmas because that's what I think I know the best, and I think you know that the best, and of course. But this is what goes for all holidays that we celebrate, that we want it so picture perfect. And then we forget the message. And I think that's the same now I read in the paper about Black Friday and, and how everyone uh, has is out shopping and they haven't shopped enough and haven't spent enough money and so on. And we forget what Christmas over this season is all about. Exactly. One of the stories that I wrote in the Heart of the Holidays, I I wrote 
called Do You Believe? And it's a short one, so I'll just read it directly. The family attended Christmas Eve service together, bringing my nephew Peter and niece Allison to their first Christian services since moving from Australia to the United States. When the minister invited the small children forward to hear the story of the birth of Christ, little three-year-old Allison went up to the front of the pulpit and actively listened to the preacher. Back to the pews, we stood and sang numerous, numerous hymns, followed by the outdoor candle lighting service and more songs. Well, driving back to my parents' house, in a quiet moment, Allison broke the silence with her precious Aussie dialect. Auntie Cheryl, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. With self-assuredness, she replied, I thought so. And I silently gasped for air to keep myself from crying deeply at this momentous occasion. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And putting Jesus back into the season and, and yeah. Christ and Christmas and, yeah. and how beautiful. And we have many people from around the globe who also celebrate winter solstice. Which I am not too familiar with myself. Do you, anyone out there, I mean, uh, you two that can explain that to me? Well, I did write about it. Matter of fact, let's see. We have a beautiful winter solstice meditation which is included in the book by reverend uki mcisaac and winter solstice i did research on it because there are so many cultures that do celebrate it and it's the time when the sun stands still it's the shortest day of the year for us in the northern hemisphere the days become shorter from june 21st on until december 21st when the sun keeps rising i didn't know we celebrate we say you know we have it of course come from sweden (laughs) it's cold and dark you know dark 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 you don't see in the daylight really for a few days just when we approach that what is it 20 21st or the 21st of december yeah the background of it is that 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 the longest night of the year bears within itself the promise of the return of the light or the rebirth of the sun. So winter yeah. solstice is actually a time to celebrate the darkness from which creation arises, the cycles mm-hmm. of life, death, rebirth, the dark night of the soul, and the rebirth of new hope and vision, which I think Christmas also celebrates that, and the rebirth and the new hope and new beginnings. Yes, and particularly countries like where I come from, where it's so pitch dark, and particularly if you haven't seen any snow, it is dark. And I was in Scandinavia last year at this time of the year, and I stayed there just before Christmas when I came back here to Florida and the sunlight. But it was so dark, I found it very, very hard to work. And, you know, my work is to help people, and I bring down the light, and I work with the white light. Even that was hard to bring mm-hmm. in because it was so dark. And when I was in Finland, and uh, they have, I think it's almost law in Finland, that you need to bring in those fake, uh, uh, well, it's artificial, uh, daylight lamps. And I couldn't work well until I got those lamps standing next to me and would shine over me because it was being in a dark basement all the time without the light. So we have never celebrated that in Scandinavia, but on the other hand, we celebrate when the light comes in, you know, at the, uh, in June the 21st. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest celebration almost in the year in Sweden, the, the when we dance goes. around in the fields and around the maypole, and we really celebrate, and we don't go to bed. So uh, the tea again, you know, um, uh, Darlene, uh, how come that you began to be so interested in teas? Well, it was uh, it was a spiritual class that I was taking, and uh, I had made a little a little joke about um, a, a woman there who was having trouble with her teenagers, and uh, you know, neat, and she would make herself a cup of tea and go close herself in the back room there, and I said, oh, she's having her cup of serenity. And I said, well, maybe it's her cup of tranquility. And uh, so we just kind of went on and on like this. And uh, at the end of the class, you know, when you you are in a spiritual class for 12 weeks with people, you get to know them at an intimate level. And so I created a prayer for each one of them and had given them a little bag of tea. 
And when I read the prayers to them and there were tears and people were crying, I thought, wow, this is pretty powerful. <laughs> and yeah. at that time, you know, I grew up in Canada, so I grew up a tea drinker from the time I was a child. And moving to the U.S., uh, there was never an occasion where someone said, oh, why don't you come over for tea in the afternoon? And uh, so I started to do research and found a, um, a whole tea society out there, and we have a specialty tea institute, which uh, I have trained and am certified as a tea expert. And so, you know, the whole idea was to just, you know, and part of that class also was, gee, you know, I don't know if I'm praying right or, you know, I don't know if I'm getting this meditation thing correctly, you know, because nothing really happens and everything I'm praying for never seems to happen, so I must be doing it wrong. So that's why I created the prayers for them. And, uh, you know, we're talking about a reason to celebrate and, you know, with the holiday season. And I'd be happy to share my prayer called Festivity. And, of course, yes, I love that one. Well, I just must tell you a story about it. when I came to America before your prayer, uh, just to show the difference. And um, I was newly well to my American businessman here in Florida. And uh, one of the first days together, I don't think we were even married at the time. We married very quickly. And then came 5 o'clock, and I lived in England, I lived in Europe, and uh, we usually have tea or coffee at at about 5. And I looked at the time, I said, oh, 5 o'clock, let's have some tea. And he said in his big, proud voice, in America, we don't have tea. We have a drink at 5 (laughs) o'clock. Well, there are some folks that say, you know what, we're going to leave that stuff on the shelf and let's go a bit lighter and a little bit better for you. But yes, I and so and that was I, that set the tone. You know, there was no and never any tea served at five o'clock in our house from then on. Good, kind of recreate different traditions. And when you, you know, and of course with this book and the stories from all around the world, almost every country in the world has a tea tradition of some sort. And you see where the traditions have moved from one country to another, where they've taken, you know, what they learned in one country. You know, like the Russian samovar originally came from the Middle East. And so, in, you know, yeah. when you're in, in Iran or Iraq, they're drinking tea made in a samovar, same as you would yeah. see in, in Russia. True. Yeah. So, you know, it was very interesting to see how we've taken these traditions and cultures and adapted them and made them, you know, our own, and which is what I'm encouraging people to do, that when you sit down with that cup of tea, that you create a ritual for yourself. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I was in Moscow on a business meeting uh, a few years ago, and this was right in the heart of Moscow, and you had those big shots, and you had the directors of the Bolshev Theater and so on, and uh, we were gathering around a big conference table, and they brought in tea. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, my uh, interpreter explained to me that, well, this is a Russian tradition, that we first meet over a cup of tea just to, 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 to relax. And I thought, how nice, you know, and it was not tea with milk or anything, it was just tea. Okay, and uh, I had the opportunity to go to uh, Turkey last year, and there's no business done. There's no, you know, when you go into a shop and you're looking at the Persian rugs and whatever, you sit and you have your cup of tea first. And, uh, you know, you don't talk to them right off the bat. You give your guests, you honor them by, you know, a small little Turkish glass of tea, and, you know, it's just pretty cool to... uh, Maybe more of our world leaders need to sit down for tea before they hit the negotiation tables. Well, you know, there was a whole group there in in Gandhi's time who, you know, had that whole tradition. As Gandhi had walked many of the, you know, many of the paths during the, on the Silk Route there, where tea had been carried, and the tea pickers were giving him tea and saying, you know, please give this tea to your leaders and have them sit down with a cup of tea before they make their decisions. And, of course, in those days it was before they pressed those buttons. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, they're, they were trying to get their message, and they are called peace teas that yeah, uh, certain people have brought out. Yes, absolutely true. Yeah, and in Russia also, again, the tea is important that uh, people do make their own teas. They go out in the fields, even if they live in the big cities, they go out in the fields in the summer and pick all kinds of flowers. And then they mix that with their regular black tea, and that is their regular house mixture. And I have many of those bags. They're gone now, but I was given so many of those little 
uh, cellophane paper I, I, I bags yeah, with I that tea. I myself and, and have tea with a, in, in, true, in true Russian tradition there because I, I do have an authentic samovar, but I've never had yeah. a Russian prepare me tea yet. <laughs> It, it's big with them in, in every way. And in the trains, uh, when you travel across Russia, which is very tedious and very tiring, at the end of the, each carriage, you have a woman who has her own little cabin, and uh, she is there to really cook tea, and she serves you tea in a glass. That's the way they serve it. And she does this throughout your trip. Which is not. Anyway, let's have that wonderful serenity prayer. Okay, well, I'm going to start Do with... Do you want a little music with it? I could add a little music here, Stephen, oh. help music. <laughs> well, I'm going to start with the festivity prayer because we're getting into the festive holiday season. Okay, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay, and festivity. There is so much to celebrate. Every moment in God is an eternity of joy. Every moment with God is an infinity of delight. I let go of time and rejoice in the now. In the power of this moment... God shows me how. I am one with the source of this jubilation, the provider of this soul celebration. One with divine revelry is all we really can be. I exalt in my own goodness and my own worthiness. I have been given an invitation to celebrate all the time. I claim back the gifts that once were mine. With Jubilee, I thank God for the wonders and joys of our divine unity. Every day is a special occasion and a reason for celebration. Every breath a pleasure, an ecstasy, an inspiration of divinity. I have nothing to plan or prepare. I surrender to the divine host who is always there. The party is for me and these gifts I share my light, my love, my laughter. I know the truth of happily ever after. Amen. That was beautiful. That was lovely. Festivity prayer, and that is in Cheryl's book, Heart of the Holidays. Yeah. And uh, then shall we wait a little bit with the serenity? Uh, um, that's a prayer, too. And... Uh, because I read that uh, myself, and I thought, oh, that's so beautiful. It, yes, it kind of hit the spot at the time. Yes. And everyone out there, relax and listen to the words. <laughs> would, you, would you like me to read the serenity prayer? Yeah, shall we do that? Uh, or shall we? Well, let's do it now, so, uh, okay, it's, um, since we are in the mood. <laughs> since we set the mood there. And yeah. this is serenity. In peaceful repose... I breathe in all that I am. I marvel at the simplicity and purity of divine serenity. From this place of perfection, I am undisturbed. I am calm and refreshed, most unperturbed. I see God. I feel God. I hear the word. Clearly and calmly, I am one with this force. I am intact. I am whole, pure, and good. I see the reflection of my own perfection. No defects and no deficiencies. Nothing can diminish the goodness and the godness of me. In serenity and with deep gratitude, I realize God is all of me from within me. So with ease and grace, I surrender my pace. I have nothing to fear. There is no race, no rush, no hurry, no finish line. Every day I know victory in the arms of the divine, the giver, my deliverer, the provider of bliss. I need for nothing. The aches are all gone. My soul is free to be all that it is. Love is all it can be, and that's good enough for me. Amen. That is so beautiful, and uh, you must admit, everyone out there, it really hits you somehow. And uh, I hope they download this program just to listen to these uh, particular prayers. And uh, I have asked also Cheryl, but we will wait a little bit to come up with some affirmations. But you probably have something also for the holidays. 
Do you have any affirmation? We can wait a little bit for that so everyone can kind of digest this particular tea prayer. Um, I uh, have, of course, uh, been a tea drinker all my life, except for at one point in my life when I was a coffeeholic. I needed coffee all through the day and couldn't even go to bed until I had had my cup of coffee which, you know, is totally uh, wrong. What is it uh, that makes tea so calming? Uh, because they both contain caffeine, don't they, Darlene? Yes, they absolutely do, and uh, it is in the, in the Camellia sinensis naturally, so the caffeine is there, and the darker your teas are means the more they are roasted, so your white and greens have... Are, are roasted are, are aren't even roasted in a lot of cases, so they're you know very natural. So the the more roasted and dried and processed, the greater the caffeine. But um, we have scientific evidence that actually proves that it will stimulate your brain and yet relax your body. So um, you know well, many a times you know we caffeine truly is the drug of choice around the world, not just North America. And yeah. people are looking to stimulate themselves, and you know we do need to, you know, uh, are, are looking for something for you know brain activity, brain stimulation, and tea will do that for you. But at the same time, it's been scientifically proven that it does not affect your body the same way that caffeine from other sources does. Oh, that's so, interesting. You know, this is a, a huge, huge issue uh, in the in the coffee and tea world there, and uh, you know many. Scientists are spending you know their whole lives working on the caffeine issue, but um, the scientists are are proving that you know it does stimulate your mind and yeah. it will calm your body at the same time. Uh, what do you both have for breakfast? Do you have tea or coffee? Sarah, what do you have for breakfast? Do you drink I usually, coffee? I usually do tea, and there's a couple of different ones depending on if my if my voice is feeling a little raspy. Of course, the the throat coach tea is good. Otherwise, there's, oh, I like the spicy type of teas. So whether it's an orange tea or something with ginger in it or a chai. Chai's my favorite. Okay, well, mm-hmm. Carol, I've got a good one that I'm doing a sample right now that's just for you. That I'm about to oh, like. that's You're going to love this. <laughs> it's a good thing we live close together. Uh, oh, you do? Never, oh. Yeah, yes, we do. We live close together. So. Tell me, where do you both live? In San Diego. Oh, we're both in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any fires around you? This Not now, but have you had any fires around you? I, I know everyone in the world has been so concerned about the fires in California. Well, How have you experienced it? fortunate and blessed this, this season that it wasn't so much in the San Diego area. It was a little further north. But, uh, yes, we've had two, two bad years there in 2004 and 2007 that um, – we did, and in 2007, I, I was evacuated, and the, they were able to stop the fires right across the street, mm-hmm. oh. right across the street. Yeah. Wow. You know, that bothers me more with fires than hurricanes. And, of course, here you never know when you're going to be hit by a hurricane, and you just know that everything is going to blow out mm-hmm. what you have, particularly if you're on the ocean. But I think a fire is, is somehow scarier, <laughs> isn't it? Well, we also have the unseen earthquakes, which are, you know, more prevalent and more common than ever. So I guess you need to pick what's your natural disaster, (laughs) you know, and that we need to be thankful that we survive them and however that we can lend a hand to others who need it in the time of crises. And and this year, here we just celebrated U.S. and Canadian Thanksgiving. There is so much to be thankful for, it, regardless of what's going on in the stock market, nationally, internationally. There is so much to be thankful for. And I think that that's the spirit of the holidays, is that it's not a date on the calendar. It's that we live that spirit of gratitude and and the holy time in in our heart that we carry that with us regardless of what's going on outside of us that we know that the divine is our source and our supply and that we will always be fine yeah that's everything falls into place when you know that it starts within you and of course that's what we all are teaching our uh, our 
audiences that it all begins with you. And uh, it, it's amazing when people come for help that they, that's why it's lacking. You know, it's not that lacking money. Yes, of course it is, but it begins within you. If you have peace within you, everything falls into place. What are you most grateful for, you would say, Darlene, in your life? You know, I have been a healthy woman my, enho- my entire life. I have um, wrestled with uh, overweight issues and actually am working on a, on a program right now and, you know, and, and spent many years being very hard on myself and, and truly you know, hating my physical body. And uh, I turned 50 there a year ago, and I said, no more. You know, I am grateful for this body that I have been healthy, you know, everything considered, you know, and I gave birth to two wonderful children. And I remember in the old days when the old people used to say, oh, you don't got nothing if you don't got your health. You know, when you hear that at 18, it doesn't sink in. It doesn't. You don't get it. No, and then when you see people, you know, in situations where they're, you know, their whole lives are turned upside down because of health issues. And, you know, and I just said, yeah, you know, I've wrestled with my own little demons there and just kind of put them all to rest and said, you know, I'm grateful for this body that, you know, that I'm healthy and that everything functions and we just forget that and, you know, take it for granted. So true. Yeah. And it's not the perfect that. And, you know, that I am just so at peace now and just letting all of that go. And, and it's like, okay, you know, I bet there's others out there wrestling with those same issues. And, you know, and, and the answers are not out there. They're within. No. And that's They're within. And, uh, you know, I have seen, I've had health challenges, and I've been in accidents, and I've been really suffering from uh, all kinds of things, and I have worked myself through that. But I've seen myself, I've been an invalid, and, and I have been in situations where people looked at you, oh, you know, an invalid, um, because I couldn't, you know, I was beaten up by accidents. But, you know, you work yourself out of that, and mm-hmm. if I couldn't have worked out my worked my body out of that, I mean, at least you can work your mind out of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, sometimes you see people who are deformed or something, and they are bitter, and I've had situations like that also with people coming to me and they had physical challenges or they were deformed and they were bitter and they also thought that they had done something terrible in their past lifetime. That happened, you know. And uh, then when I checked on them and I looked into their past lifetimes, no, this was not so at all. This was more a reward that they in a past lifetime were so fortunately blessed that they had everything and they were looking for something more challenging in their lives. Well, they came back to these lifetimes with all these physical challenges. So it's it's just that was something sometimes that they asked for before they were born. This is a philosophy that maybe everyone is not agreeing with, but, you know, I see it in people. And that is so huge when we learn and stop asking that, why me, God? Why? Yeah. Me? What did I do to deserve this? You know, I've done that, 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 and you know, and why me? And you know, yeah. I, I did. I, I was certainly there from the time I was ten years old, asking that question. You ask it long enough, you get answers, and they're yeah. good and they're beautiful. And it's yeah. like, oh my goodness, you know, it's not that I've done anything wrong. It's like, what did I need to learn from all of that? This and is exactly the point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, but it's hard to, to communicate with those who are in the situation at yes. the time, you know, they're suffering to say, well, this is something you have to learn from. They get angry. <laughs> yes, sure they do, yeah. Yeah. Because you're not in that space to, to get it. And, but, you know, it, that eventually sinks in, and that's why. Eventually it does, that yes. Having quiet time and that going within and releasing that, and, you know, it, suddenly your junk is gone and you have room for the answers to come to you, and when they do, they're always beautiful. And yeah. you know, it's like instead of why me, it's like, well, okay, what can I do about this, or how can I help others? And yeah, you know, so like I said, that's been a, a huge, huge lesson for me. And then all things considered, I say, you know, thank you, God, that I have been as healthy as I have been my entire life. And I said, yes. I'm just grateful that I was only fat. That's it. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, that's probably very hard to deal with, also, which. Someone slender, you know, I'm slender now, and it, it's hard to put oneself in that 
position when you are slender, for instance. But And the same when you're healthy all your life and then you look at people who are sick and you just don't understand. You have to be there sometime yourself to understand. Mm-hmm. I think that's and, where we learn compassion. It's like for all the people who are going through the fires this year, I had great compassion for them having been there, done that. Yeah. Know, and even deeper compassion for those who had lost their homes. And, and like Darlene, it, it's true. We don't know what we've got until we lose it. And whether it be our health, our family, our homes. I know this Thanksgiving I had wonderful, a full week with my entire core family. It was absolutely wonderful to have both of the older brothers home. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm a firm believer that don't skip Thanksgiving to jump into the holiday sales for Christmas. That you know, and, and I'm so thankful that my mother, because my mother said, "Oh, well, you know, it's time to take the Thanksgiving decorations down." I said, "Mom, not until November 30th, not <laughs> yeah. until November 30th, because Thanksgiving is such a non-commercial, beautiful holiday of gratitude." That and, and granted, Thanksgiving isn't celebrated all around the globe under that name. It may have other different holiday names and the sacredness of it. But boy, it just brings us right back to the heart of what really matters. And I was very thankful to be with my family and to have a positive outlook on things in life regardless of. Because it's not the event, it's what we choose to believe about it. It's so wonderful with Thanksgiving. Me coming from another country where we, of course, never celebrated Thanksgiving because it was this is an American celebration. Uh, but I never quite got it until recently that people really celebrate thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, my guest, a guest last week, a young man. He called himself Happy Man, <laughs> and uh, he said, which I think is a great great way and I said I'm going to call myself wise woman <laughs> from now on. Why not? <laughs> yeah. How happy was he? <laughs> and he was happy happy and he's <laughs> about everything and he said uh, he was just an ordinary young man with a mortgage and a family and babies and so on but he was happy. He he didn't make any any certain thing about it. He was just happy he had it. But in that in his family they were sitting around the table, he said, for Thanksgiving, and each one had to give thanks for something. And I think that was so nice, and I'm going to introduce that in my own family, and I'm going to do it for Christmas. That's beautiful. In the Heart of the Holidays book, that's what I did when I sat down and I meditated of what, what gratitude can I bring to this to help maybe bring other people back to their core as they're going through and they, maybe whatever's going on in their life. You know, what, what three words? would come from that spirit of gratitude. And here's what I wrote called, in three words, memories, flashbacks, celebrations, kisses under mistletoe, cheery red cheeks, children wide-eyed, excited laughing children, frantic rushing parents, presents under trees, receiving favorite things, proposals and rings, families traveling far, driving loaded cars, sweet hot chocolate, candy cane treats, apple rum cider, nutmeg and eggnog, making plans early, late night parties, singing holiday tunes, cherished friends reunions, love abundantly shared, snowed in delays, families lovingly reunited. Tears of joy, lights flickering on, angels atop trees, frosting sugar cookies, dipping cheese balls, avoiding fruit cakes, (laughs) (laughs) exchanging holiday recipes, joyous carols sung, hope-filled stockings hung, crisp snowflakes fall, card sentiments mailed, Playing in snow, sparkling garland shines, world peace rings, packing it up, storing it away, waiting another year, anticipating next year, doing it again. (laughs) Mm. You can say a lot in three words, can't you? Yeah. (laughs) 
That's beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. That's wonderful. And, uh, of course, uh, Christmas should not necessarily be a time of, of, of giving stuff, so to speak. It should right. be giving of your heart and from Just your being. heart. Just yeah, being. being that. And, uh, and so many people now feel, oh, we have tough times, we cannot buy the presents. And I'm thinking and I'm saying, you don't have to buy presents. Just make little notes on a piece of paper and put it in an envelope and put it in a box and wrap it. You know, just to show your appreciation of, of, of the people you are with. And you really should be grateful for what you have in every way you can. Mm-hmm. This season should not be, and I'm thinking, um, you know, these tough times, maybe they're good for us. You know, it's not easy to hear that when you're losing your home and, and have no money. But for the world, and for this country also, we have lived here in this overabundance for so long, and we have been spending money we don't really have, and we have wanted to have more and more. Why not kind of Forget that a little bit and go back to the core, back to your heart and begin to feel a little bit and awaken that flame of love that you have within you and begin to love everything around you. Look at the trees around you. I'm looking at a palm tree outside of my window and I say, oh, this is wonderful and I'm so grateful that I have that tree to look at. It's full of animals most of the time, you know, lizards and birds and so on. But the little things in life, Perhaps Instead of, is about yeah. bringing us back to the significance of what matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because too, you know, with with the greed or the buying, where where there's there's an abundance of surplus, and yet in places in our world, people have nothing or less than nothing. That I think some of this is a, about keeping us humble and to remind ourselves to be grateful and to share what we have with others in whatever way that we can. Yeah. Even sitting down nice. over tea, sitting down and having quality time. It's like I, I received an email from this person yesterday that said, you know, we just had our family picking for who's going to be bringing, you know, whose who's gifts, you know, as they do a family exchange. And he says, I got my 92-year-old great aunt. Now, what in the world can I, you know, give her? And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> how? What if you sat down and you had a quality quality chat with her and yeah. tape record stories of her childhood? Oh boy! Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what what a good idea, you know? Just history so- leaves uh, history's not there anymore, and these are stories that uh, over life that we still can be in touch with because of her. Well, think back and and Helen, and tell us about too what you wrote in the heart of the holidays and your story. Oh, well, <laughs> this goes way back uh, to Sweden, of course. And why I wrote about that story, because it was something that really touched on history in my own life. Uh, I didn't experience that before or after, but I spent that Christmas with my grandmother, and uh, she lived in this big, big mansion in the country. And, of course, this was a little bit more up towards the mountains, so lots of snow that and cold like it used to be in the old days, <laughs> minus 30 degrees. But uh, the the thing was to go to church, and still is when you go to church early Christmas Day morning. And when I say early, it, you leave at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning to be there. In the old days, I think it was even 5 o'clock you have to be at church. But now it was probably 7 o'clock. And uh, how you went there by horse in a in a in a sleigh and that's not even existing anymore i don't think in most places because the the roads are full of salt and sand and it's not healthy for the horses and you know the sleighs cannot go through the asphalt so uh, we were going to the traveling by this sleigh and uh, to church and it was quite a long ride but you had the torches up and you could smell i can still smell the 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 smoke from the live torches it was absolutely beautiful and you look up at the sky and i think that was at that time when i also saw the northern light 
And my uncle said, this is the northern light, and I didn't know. And, you know, it somehow rings or sings. I don't know if any of you have heard or seen the northern lights. Have you experienced that? Oh, well, oh, I have. I'm, I'm from the prairies of Canada, so I... I oh, well, so you know all prairies. about it. Yes, and the dark nights and the aurora yes. borealis, so beautiful, yes. And uh, somehow to me, it, or maybe it just was ringing in my ears, but it's almost you can hear it. Did you experience that too? Yes, you can. There is a sound. It's amazing. There is some sound to that. It's it, it, it's like the... It, it, I don't know, crystals in the sky. <laughs> and, uh, and how I came to that old, old church, and what I remember, of course, is, again, all the candles and the reeves and so on, but the cold feet, you know, this is old, everything. And right under the, the boards there, you have the, the ground with ice, you know, and, and everything is frozen, stiff. So... Uh, but it was, again, beautiful, and how you came back, and we came back to the house afterwards, and everything was set up in the kitchen with all the food and the, the cookies and everything else. And uh, I think even put some straw around, because in the old days, you were supposed to have straw on the floor, because we had lovely floors, and uh, and I know my grandmother would probably not have had it so much because of the candles. I mean, you have your house on fire very quickly. <laughs> but that particular memory of being in the horse uh, in in a sleigh ride over Christmas was wonderful, and I would cherish that memory forever and ever, ever. And uh, in one way or the other, of course, the pictures change a little bit because you add on your own little ideas to it and it's like uh, when I uh, came to live in my house with my husband in Florida and uh, it's a very big house with cathedral ceiling and I would put my big Christmas tree in the middle of the room and very big and with lots of decorations and that house in the entertaining area it was decorated you wouldn't believe it. it took me three weeks to put everything up but People would come in and they say, oh, this reminds me of my childhood Christmas. And I knew that no one had had that incredible decoration <laughs> uh, up for Christmas when they were small. I didn't. But this was what I wanted it to be during my childhood. I wanted it to be in overabundance, you know. Why not have Christmas decorations everywhere? We didn't. And people didn't. But... They wanted it that way, so they put it together with that childhood memory. So we go back and say, oh, this reminds me of my childhood Christmas. No, it reminded them of their dream for Christmas. I think we all have dreams around Christmas. Don't you think so? That's beautiful. It goes back to that picture perfect. <laughs> yes, again, and, and I was thinking about that too. And that's how I tried to live it during my days in 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 that big house in Florida when I was married. It had to be picture perfect. And in people's eyes, of course, they were amazed. And they still remember that till today. I don't have that house anymore. But it sits in people's memories. And I hear about it when I meet people who went to my house for my Christmas parties. They will never forget that image of that childhood Christmas in my house. <laughs> That's special. There's a, a poet by the name of Virginia Ellis who wrote a beautiful poem in the Heart of the Holidays book, and it, it says Christmas is. And what you were telling in your story and, and back to the fond memories, I, I opened to this page, and it says that Christmas is a lot of things, to many things, to many different folks. Yet to most it means the same, the renewal of men's hopes. It is a celebration of the baby Jesus' birth. When men sing of his creation and pray for peace on earth, it's when people kneel in gratitude to the good Lord up above, when they declare to him in prayer their dedication and their love. It's when folks forgive their fellow men for all the wrongs they have perceived, and when men also seek forgiveness for their errors and misdeeds. Christmas is a time of magic for one's close friends and family, a time of warm togetherness, of reality and fantasy. Christmas is the tree we see with its packages below. It's the smiling angel at its top and the sparkling lights that glow. It's the wreath that hangs upon the door. It's the caroling we hear. 
It's the fun-filled thoughts of Santa Claus and the visions of his deer. It's the cold night air of Christmas Eve. It's the promised Christmas snow. It's the grin upon a snowman's face and his funny carrot nose. Christmas is when people laugh. It is also when they cry. And so find the line that's in between. It can't be seen by human eye. Christmas is the past and present brought together for a while. Something old and something new, a blend of tears and smiles. Perfect. It's a lot of things to a lot of people. And it's whatever, you know, I, I love how we can celebrate the spirit of the holidays every day in our lives. And we should. We should do that. And uh, there are those who have to be alone over Christmas. And they feel sorry a little bit, maybe. And they feel a little bit sorry about it, and they actually hate Christmas. I have been alone for Christmas. I remember particularly one Christmas my husband had died, and I was by myself. And I made a point of enjoying it very much. I put all the decorations up, and I was doing everything the way we would have done if we were together. But I I loved it, in fact, and I had that time of stillness. And I've spoken to a few of my women friends who have gone through the ups and downs in life, and they also have said, it's okay to be alone over Thanksgiving or Christmas. You just have to change your attitude and turn within and not to be alone because you have you you know you have you and that is what counts and i think that's what we forget is that message and that we think oh my god it's terrible to be alone or i don't like to be alone well your best friend is who you are (laughs) absolutely that's very well put darlene (laughs) yes can't be alone with your best friend and enjoy that company and and look what you did you you know you set out all the gifts and all the beauty and for you to enjoy and yes. you know, and sometimes we only do and go out of our way to impress others or to, you know, to put on a spread so people will make those comments. And you know, and 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 sometimes that's part of our motivation to do that. And like you said, I've done like you. I you know, I used to do eight trees when, uh, at Christmas time when I had a retail store. So oh. you know, these were, <laughs> and you know, and you're working it, 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 and but you know, you get that reward when people say, "Oh my goodness," or you know, that reminds me of this or that. You know, and that's yeah. when you know it was all worth it. Yes, or and, when they thought it reminds of my childhood Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, you know, that that's you know, and sometimes you forget that that maybe is your motivation, and it's like, oh, I've yes. got to do this, and I've got to prepare that, and it's got to look a certain way, and then you take that breath and you say, okay, that's what it's all about. And, that's true. You know, that's and, what's and we need all to about. do that for ourselves too, and you know, and as you did, and that you know, to be alone and and enjoy the company that you're in is priceless. <laughs> yeah, you know, because we feel like, oh. yeah. Before we forget it, uh, let us hear your websites and uh, your books. And you have written a book too, haven't you? Or uh, several yeah. books, Darlene? Uh, yes, I have. My first one is called Sipping Tea, Celebrating Me. And that's inner peace. The journey begins with the first sip. And I am called Take Up the Cup. And it's www.takeupthecup.com. And that's me, Darlene Fall Britton. Okay. And uh, Cheryl? For information on the Heart Book Series, go to www.heartbookseries.com. You will see lots of articles that really touch your heart or they touch your funny bone, plus recipes and information on the books. And any of the listeners who would like to get a copy of The Heart of the Holidays with the brand-new music CD, they can go to Sparkle, S-P-A-R-K-L-E, Presentations, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-A-T-I-O-N-S.com, and order the combo set for 1995 US and I will send you free an ebook of Sparkle Tooth. So that's a 200 page ebook for free. That's fantastic. Beautiful. And um, uh, well, I think uh, well we'll have a few more minutes and Cheryl maybe you can give those affirmations that I asked you to do before, but you say, oh, they're not for Christmas, they're not for holidays. And I well, said, you know what, well, I, you know. I went through and there are beautiful affirmations, and I think you'll yes. be pleased with this. 
And I also queued up one of the songs from the Heart of the Holidays music CD, and it is called Warmth from Within. So I'll play that in the background, and it is by... Oh, wonderful, yes. It's Lori Z, and it's a a beautiful original composition. And Lori Z was a 15-time Emmy... Um, Emmy nominee for for her beautiful music. So um, here we have some affirmations so you can just be in the space as the music plays softly in the background. I am loved. All is well. I accept and use my own power. I know in my heart the right thing to do, and with integrity I do it. I celebrate my friendships. I honor my family. There is abundant business for all of us. I am intelligent. I am happy, happy, healthy, and whole. I love who I am. I am trusting. I am loving. I step into my greatness every day. With ease and grace, I make decisions. I am joyful. I love what I do. I see my magnificence as a beautiful being. I am strong. I dance through life gracefully and gratefully. I honor my body, listen to it, and nurture it. I am healthy. I am in charge of my life. I celebrate this season with ease and grace, with gratitude at every turn. I know that I am a vital being in this earth and to those whom I reside with. I bring the spirit of gratitude into everything that I do for this holiday season and every holiday season forthcoming. I live that spirit of gratitude and celebration in all that I do. The warmth comes from within me as I radiate out onto the planet. I help bring peace to this earth. I am a vessel of goodness, kindness, and love. By the God's divine hand, I bring forth happiness, joy, and love. I am a valued person, And I am grateful. And so it is. Perfect. Perfect. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so very much, Cheryl. And this has been a great uh, time being with you both. And again, uh, Darlene uh, Fall-Britton, could you say your, uh, mention your website again? Yes, I'm www.takeupthecup.com. And Cheryl Rausch, can you mention your website again? Sure. Sparkle, S-P-A-R-K-L-E, presentations.com, or heartbookseries.com. And if you need spelling, my name is also a website, Cheryl, S-H-E-R-Y-L, Rausch, R-O-U-S-H.com. Fantastic. And your book for uh, your Heart of the Holidays book, I think, is a wonderful gift for the holidays. Last year I was up in Ohio and I wanted to buy it as a present for someone and it was sold out. I went to Borders and they said sold out. So ladies and gentlemen out there, go out and get the books. And also Darlene's book would make a very good uh, uh, good uh, gift for, for the holidays. And could you mention your book? They're the one you feel it would be the best? The one I have is Sipping Tea, Celebrating Me. And uh, through my website, or anybody can contact me directly, and I'd be happy to share any of the prayers and send them a, a copy that they can print off if they would like that. And, okay. Um, yes, I'd be happy Good. to do And thank that. you so much, Darlene. And we're coming to the end here. And thank you, everyone out there in the big wide world. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein speaking to you from Miami, Florida. And uh, you can go to my website also, www.speakingtoyourheart.com, speakingtoyourheart.com. And I have uh, my book, Constant Awakening, which will make a great uh, book for, for a gift. 
even better, so who am I and where am I going? That is the perfect gift for someone who uh, is not going to read too much. It has many drawings in it, my own drawings, angel drawings, but it's a great little book. And thank you, everyone, for being with me. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Darlene. And thank you, world, for listening to us today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Happy holidays. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye.